take that, stay mad shit by my shoulder Cause they treat me like an outcast I ain't gonna take that, stay back I'll be swinging hard till the hits come in all caps I ain't gonna lay back, pray that someone's gonna help me Ain't nobody like that What is up Washington Football Nation? This is Commander Derek, Burgundy Boss Here back with another episode of the Burgundy Boss Podcast and we're going to talk off-season. We're going to talk commanders off-season, potential free agents, you know, who we could be re-signing and bringing back, who we're going to let walk, who we could bring in this off-season. And we're even going to look into some guys we can draft. So what I've done today is I've come up with seven positions that I feel are positions of need in some way, shape, or form. And I've come up with uh, potential free agents who we could go out and sign, and I've uh, compiled a list of those same positions, draft prospects who we could potentially bring in, and I will go through the process and I'll say, you know, I'll break everything down and I'll tell everybody, hey, this is where we're going, and this is the least likely scenario, this is the most likely scenario, this is the scenario I would like to see, kind of go down that path. So. I want to just thank y'all for coming back, and I've been on a little bit of a hiatus here lately, you know, getting my body right, getting everything feeling right, you know, working a lot, uh, you know, getting that money uh, until YouTube decides to start paying me. YouTube, get on that. And uh, so let's get right into it. All right, I have seven positions, and here we go. First position we will talk about is tight end. Now... Tight end, you know, it's it's kind of not, you know, it's not really a, a big need. You know, we've got John Bates. We've got Logan Thomas under contract. But another thing to think about, Logan Thomas is getting a little bit up there in age. We had Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm not sure they want to bring back Ricky Seals-Jones. I don't really know what they're going to do with him at this point. We might talk about him later. The next position is D-line depth. You know, if you're a fan of the Washington football team or the Washington Commanders, you know, this past season, we were tested mightily on the D-line. We were trotting out Shaka Tony and William Bradley King as starters on a regular basis after Montez Sweat and Chase Young went down early in the season. I definitely think D-line depth, I mean, we could be losing some guys on the D-line too. I don't know. So D-line, that's my number six position. Number five is O-line depth. Yes, O-line depth. and. Once again, just like the D-line depth, we saw it tested this year. We were down to our fifth center. We were losing guards left and right. Uh, you know, our tackle depth was tested too, like across the board. I So I felt pretty good about our depth on the O-line, but after seeing what happened this season, I don't feel as good. So that's something that could use an addressing. Number four is slot corner. Yes, slot corner. Uh, I think Kendall Fuller has kind of made his point loud and clear that he doesn't want to play in the slot. You know, he's not going to play in the slot. They, you know, have said that they're going to keep him out wide. So we've got Kendall Fuller as corner one, William Jackson as corner two. But when they're in those nickel and those dime packages, you know, who are your third and fourth corner? Well, all season it was Danny Johnson and Daryl Roberts. And those are really names I'm not very confident with playing in the slot. I think the slot cornerback is a position we could address pretty heavily, pretty early on. 
might even be an early draft pick. I don't know. We'll talk about it. My next position, that number three position, is free safety. Yes, free safety. We saw early on in the season, you know, how badly we were getting toasted week in, week out. And it, it maybe you can call it miscommunication. Bobby McCain kind of looked like he was doing better towards the back end. He got some continuity with his guys, and maybe that's fixed, but you still got to think about it because Bobby McCain is no spring chicken, let me tell you. There's a reason that the Miami Dolphins cut him and let him walk, and now he's a free agent. So that's another conversation to be had. So it still leaves a hole at free safety. Whether, you know, even if you bring him back, you don't necessarily want Bob McCain starting play and play out for you every single down. Number two spot, middle linebacker. Yes, we've talked about this the last two years. Middle linebacker is a position of need and is a heavy position of need. You know, we went out and we drafted Jamin Davis in the first round. And it hasn't exactly panned out the way Washington fans, you know, Commanders fans have expected it to. Ron has even come out himself and said that, eh, yeah, maybe Jamin is not a Mike linebacker in the NFL. Maybe he's a Will. You know, put Cole Holcomb over at the same, even though Cole Holcomb has been screaming until he's blue in the face that he'll play middle linebacker. He doesn't care. He's pretty good at it, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, uh, coaching staff doesn't think that, Cole. And, you know, if you're a Washington fan, you know this number one need. You know it because it has been talked about all offseason to this point. And let me just tell you, it's no surprise. It really is no surprise to anyone. The number one position of need for this football team is quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It was the first thing that Ron talked about. There, when he had uh, Martin Mayhew there, and they did their off-season presser, you know, their their out press conference, get ready for the off-season. They said, we have got to address, expect them to swing big. They've been saying it. They've been saying it every time you hear Ron talk. Hey, we've got to swing big. Okay, okay, that's what we want to hear, Ron. We're tired of these middling quarterbacks. You know, no offense to Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen or – Heck, even Alex Smith, because Alex Smith, even though he won us games when he was the starting quarterback, he was nowhere near, you know, a top 10, top 5 quarterback. And that's what this franchise has lacked for the last 25 years. We have lacked a franchise quarterback. And, you know, we've we've tried the draft a bunch of times, and we've tried all these different things. And so I'm interested to see where they go this offseason. Big swing that could make a that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean trading a bunch of picks and and going for one of the big name guys that could be a trade target, or that could mean trading up in the draft for a quarterback, which I don't suggest. Or that could just be standing pat and taking a quarterback with your first overall pick. Like, there's a number of different ways they could go. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited for this Commanders offseason. All right, we're going to talk about up-and-coming free agents. Free agents, free agency. It is just around the corner. We got about three, four weeks until free agency starts. So if you look onto the left of the screen here, we've got Washington Commanders free agents. These are all the guys who are going to be free agents. All the guys that, you know, are they coming back? Are they going to get re-signed, you know? 
which brings me and I, I've got these kind of, you know, prioritized in some way, shape or form. Just I believe it's uh, average per year is what they're organized by. And speaking of average per year, that brings us to Brandon Sheriff. Now, don't get me wrong. Brandon Sheriff has been a stalwart on the offensive line for us. He has been a key cog in this top five offensive line that we have built in Washington over the past five or so years. But let me tell you, he, um, he, he struggles to stay on the field. He struggles to, you know, uh, to pass block at times. He's an excellent pulling guard. He's an excellent run blocker. But we have seen him struggle to pass block. I mean, we saw him get bull rushed right into Taylor Heineke's lap uh, during the Giants game. So I don't want to hear nothing about how Brandon Sheriff is the best guard in football. And if you want to talk about availability, if you look at the top paid guards in the NFL, you're talking Joe Tooney, you're talking uh, Brandon Brooks, who just retired. Yes, I'm aware. And, you know, there, uh, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, those guys, those guys all have above an 85% uh, start percentage where they're starting and they're healthy. Well, Brandon Sheriffs is around 70. So you mean to tell me you want to take a guy who is far less healthy than the other top guys, and you want to pay him more than them, more than these other guys. It's been two off seasons since Wyatt Teller got paid. Uh, Joel Tooney just got paid last offseason, and he has been one of the best guards in football. Brandon Brooks was one of the best guards in football this past year, and guess what? He did his job, Like, and he's retiring now because he's ready to step away. So with that being said, you know, and not to mention, guys, Brandon Sheriff, and we all know this, but I'm just going to say it. Brandon Sheriff was offered the most money to a guard. They offered to make him the highest paid guard in the NFL, and he turned that deal down, which, you know, in the situation that he's currently in, I do not exactly blame him. I mean, he's been franchise tagged twice, so he's already, you know, he's already looking at big time money. And so if you come at him and you say, well, we'll pay you 17 or 17.5 or, you know, whatever they're offering, they, they just said it was top money. So, but he's like, I'm already making 18. Why would I take less money to stay here? Like, you're going to have to pay me like in the 20s. And me personally, I would be upset if I found out that they were paying a guard 20 plus million a year. So for that reason... I'm going to say that Brandon Sheriff will be gone. He is they're going to let him walk and he's going to be out of here. Uh, the next guy on the list and guys, I'll try to not make my uh my explanations for these free agents not as long as Brandon Sheriff's, but we're going to go on down the list. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was supposed to come in here and be the starter. He got hurt the first game. You know, injuries you can't always, you know, account for. Ryan Fitzpatrick basically came in here. He collected $10 million and said, thank you, have a nice day. And with them saying that they want to take a big swing at the quarterback position, that tells me automatically they're not bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick back. So with that being said, he will be gone. 
Next man on the list, John Bostick. And you know middle linebacker is one of the key holes that we have. Um, but John Bostick is an older football player. He's 30, I believe. So he's gone through some tough injuries. You know, he's rehabbing that ACL. Um, with that being said, he's an inexpensive linebacker. He's a coach on the field, kind of like Thomas Davis was that first year that Ron Rivera was here. So for that reason alone, I think they bring him back. I think he re-signs with Washington this offseason, and we bring John Bostick back in kind of that, uh, you know, that coach on the field role, you know, not not playing a ton, you know, not getting a bunch of tackles or nothing, but just a guy who who is there, and he's kind of a coach on the field. Uh, the next guy, Cam Sims, I know it's kind of a, Hot topic between Commanders fans of Cam Sims is. And so uh, I kind of lean on the side of he's not as good as the rest of Commander fans think he is. However, I mean, guys, he, he shows up sometimes and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he has drops, you know, and sometimes he makes highlight reel catches. He's the biggest receiver in our receiving core at six foot five. So for that reason, you know, I think he's going to leave. And, you know, I think he, he might want too much money or, or whatever, or they might just want to go in a different direction. But I think we're looking for a new six foot five uh, receiver this offseason. Okay, that brings me to Cornelius Lucas. I like Cornelius Lucas a lot. You know, he's kind of been – he's that swing tackle that, that teams always need. And so he fills that role beautifully for us. He was kind of our starting right tackle for a while. Then Sam Cosme really showed that, like, he could be that guy. So I think if he's willing to become just a swing tackle, that they'll be able to bring him back. Next guy on the list is J.D. McKissick. And, man, if you're a Commanders fan, this one hurts because J.D. is – essentially a stalwart of our offense. I mean, every Commander fan saw this offseason, or this the, towards the end of the season after J.D. took that concussion that our offense was not the same without J.D. in it. And so for that reason, J.D. has to be a high priority this offseason. Uh, I'm interested to see if they do bring him back or if they try to fill that in free agency. But... For this exercise alone, I will say that he re-signs with us. Uh, the next guy is Daryl Roberts, who is a free agent that we brought in on a one-year deal from the Detroit Lions, and he did okay. He had COVID for a while, and he kind of came in and played a little bit of slot, you know, a dime corner, but I, I just don't think he's going to be worth it. He's kind of an older guy, so I think they let him walk. Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain is one of those Cam Sims type hot topics for fans. Some of them, he's a guy you either love or hate. You either want him to bring him back because he's finally figured it out or you're ready just to let him walk because he got torched so many times. You know? And for me, like, I think that we're going to be able to get him cheap enough that he can resign. So for that reason, I'm stating resigns. Adam Humphreys. 
I was not a big fan of this signing when it initially happened, but I warmed up to it, kind of like I've warmed up to the commander's name. You know, initially I wasn't in love with it. I was definitely a big Wolves, Red Wolves guy, but now I've kind of warmed up to it. Same thing with Adam Humphreys. However, I do think that the draft pick of Dax Milne and showing what he showed last offseason is going to be a big deal, and he's kind of going to step into that Adam Humphreys role. And so for that reason, I think Adam Humphreys walks. Danny Johnson. Danny Johnson is an interesting one. You know, he stepped up and played a lot of slot corner, but I think that was out of necessity. I think they really needed him in that role, and he was the only guy they kind of trusted in that role. Um, I think they will be able to bring him back on an inexpensive deal, though. He's one of those team guys, you know. He doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't, you know, get in a lot of trouble or anything. He's a good role model. So I think that I think he's going to get re-signed. Uh, Tyler Larson. Tyler Larson I don't think was a guy that was expected to play but ended up having to play out of necessity. Kind of, you know, we got down to our fifth center at times, and, yes, that went through him. And he ended up hurting his leg. So... I'm interested. I don't know which way they go. Like, I'm just guessing on these. and But I'm pretty sure I have a pretty good feeling on these guys. Uh, and I think he's one of Ron Rivera's guys. And so they will end up bringing him back. Ricky Seals-Jones is the next man. Ricky, uh, you know, he had a couple of highlight reel catches, uh, some injury problems, some drops. Uh, and unfortunately, I think they're, they're done with him. He, he did the job that... They needed him to do this year, and so they're going to let him go. Kyle Allen is also on my list, kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I think Washington, and they've said this all along pretty much, and they view Taylor Heineke as a high-end backup or a very low-end starter. And so if you've got Heineke as your backup, you don't really need Kyle Allen because he was kind of the backup. Even though you traded a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen, you know you kind of thought he was what Taylor Heineke has become. And remember, Taylor Heineke was just supposed to be a COVID quarterback. He wasn't really like supposed to be a thing. But it all kind of just worked out. I don't think they bother resigning Kyle Allen. So I think he goes. Next on the list is DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter had an excellent season. And he provided Washington with a position that they have not had for a very long time. And that's kick and punt returner. And we even saw a special teams touchdown from him this season. And he even provided a spark on offense when we were, you know, when we were hurting. Kind of filled that Curtis Samuel role that he was supposed to have a lot. So I think Ron is going to be very high on DeAndre Carter. I don't foresee DeAndre Carter asking for a ton of money. So I think he gets brought back. Last man on the list is Joey Sly, and I finally think that we have solved the kicker position for Washington. It's been a long time coming. We've went through a lot of different guys. We've seen guys like Kai Forbath, you know, and different guys go through the league and have success with other teams after they left Washington. And I think this is this is where Ron decides to stop because Joey Sly is a Ron Rivera guy. So I think that this is where we stop all that movement, and we're just going to lock him down, re-sign Joey Sly, 
bada boom, you've got your kicker for the future. And, you know, now. So that is our free agents. You know, take a look at it. Take a picture of it. These are the guys that I think Washington will resign, and these are the guys I think that Washington will let walk. As you can see, it's corresponded to the right. Um, and that's going to bring us to our first position that we need to talk about. And if you recall from our initial, number seven, tight end. And as you can see, we've got two boxes here. The left box will be filled with uh, guys that are going to be free agents that we can sign. And the right box will be filled with draft picks who we could potentially draft. So let's get right into it. The first tight end I want to look into is Evan Ingram of the New York Football Giants. If they don't re-sign him or slap a franchise tag on him, which I don't foresee them doing because the guy struggles to stay healthy and he struggles with drops. However, I know I say the guy struggles to stay healthy and struggles with drops, and then I'm like, hey, we should sign him. It's not exactly like... I'm hoping he can fill that Ricky Seals-Jones role from last year and maybe develop into something more than that. Uh, the next guy on my list is O.J. Howard. You know, we've been rumored to, to be interested in O.J. Howard for a couple years. You know, it pops up every year at the trade deadline. He's a stud. He's a freak. Um, you know, I was really high on him coming out of Alabama. We went a different direction, obviously, but Tampa just has, you know, this big group of tight ends. However, they're, with Brady retiring, there is a pretty decent risk that Gronk doesn't come back to Tampa Bay and they end up needing him, and so they resign him. Gerald Everett is next. Uh, he had a meh season in Seattle. You know, he Gerald Everett was the tight end when... Washington played Seattle on Monday night, who tried to jump in the stands after he scored a touchdown, and the fan pushed him back. So that's that guy. He's solid, though. He's solid. Solid receiving tight end. A little bit undersized for a tight end, but he's solid. Mo Cox is a he's a former basketball player, played for the Indianapolis Colts this last year. Big guy, like 6'8 or something. Just a, a giant red zone threat, you know, kind of a great guy. You could pair with John Bates and Logan Thomas, you know, to complete that tight end room. He would be a great red zone threat. He wouldn't cost very much. As you can tell, none of these guys are going to cost very much, and that's why I put them on my list. They're, they're cheaper in tight ends because, I mean, we're not looking for a tight end one. We're not looking for, you know, that kind of guy. We're looking for just kind of a, a number two, number three depending on how they view John Bates. My last guy is Hayden Hurst of Atlanta. If you recall, Hayden Hurst is a former first-round pick. He's a little bit on the older side. I think he's 28 or 29, but he's a little bit on the older side. He's with his second team because he was drafted by Baltimore and then traded to Atlanta. But I think that uh, you know if we can, if we can get Hayden Hurst or, or someone like Hayden Hurst, that would be huge. I mean... All these guys kind of ha definitely have a receiving upside. None of these guys are known as like blocking tight ends, as you can see. And so that's why like I have these guys kind of filling that Ricky Seals-Jones role. 
Now, if we turn our attention over to the draft, the first draft pick I want to talk about is Jalen Weidermeyer. Jalen Weidermeyer is from Texas A&M. Jalen Weidermeyer is a big body guy. He's six foot five. Kind of reminds me a little bit of OJ Howard in the sense that he's just a big physical freak. Uh, he'll be in the draft. And if you want Jalen Weidermeyer, I think you're talking rounds three through five. The next guy on our list is Cade Otten. Now, a lot of you probably haven't heard of Cade Otten. Go watch his tape. He compares a little bit to Gerald Everett, kind of that undersized receiving guy, you know, that is more of a receiver. Uh, Drew Sample, a couple of years, who was drafted early by uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, is actually a much better comp. Trey McBride, and I know you've heard about Trey McBride if you are into draft stuff at all. Because Trey McBride, uh, you know, he's getting he had a huge senior bowl week, and he's getting some buzz as a potential first round pick, even, which is insane. Uh Trey McBride is like a bigger guy. He had a great year. Um if you want to compare this guy to somebody, uh the best comparison I can think of is think of Cole Komet a couple years ago at a Notre Dame who ended up getting drafted by the Chicago Bears. And this last year has really come on as a complete tight end for Chicago and has kind of been the safety valve for Justin Fields. But if you want Trey McBride, you're talking early round two to round three. Jeremy Rucker, another guy who had a really nice senior bowl week. Jeremy Ruckert is a, is a stud. He goes to the Ohio State University. Uh, he has potential, you know. He kind of reminds me of Hayden Hurst, you know, in the sense kind of not you're not a giant guy, not undersized either, though. Kind of a solid all-around tight end. So, I mean, and if you want Jeremy Ruckert, see, that's kind of more like where I think Washington will be picking. A tight end if they if they end up drafting one. It's kind of like four to six range. And the last guy I want to talk about from Coastal Carolina is Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is probably a better comparison of Gerald Everett coming out because he's a smaller school guy. He's a smaller guy at about for a tight end at about six two, six three, about two hundred and forty pounds, more of an athlete, you know. Than an all-around tight end, uh, but he's a guy I like you know he's he's very very good after the catch, very good at getting open, and Isaiah likely is the type of guy you're gonna get in rounds two through four. So if you're looking for an early guy, that's that's one of those guys. Uh, our next position group we will talk about is D line. We saw it tested this year, just like I talked about earlier. We saw it tested, and so these are guys we could look to bring in. First guy I want to talk about is Arden Key, who was, you know, he was at LSU, and he was putting through up some crazy numbers. He was talked about as a high early pick at one point, and then he had a pretty rough year his junior year, and 
he uh, had some setbacks and ended up being a late round pick. Ended up going to Oakland, uh, doing okay in Oakland, but you know not enough that they would want to keep him around, so they let him go. San Francisco picks him up, and he has a pretty good year with San Francisco. Next on the list is Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi is a big, bigger guy, you know, had a really good rookie year uh, for Cleveland. He then gets uh, then gets released and picked up by Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, you know, has him. And he's been pretty good in Cincinnati. So, he, I mean, we could, we could use him. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens here in the near future with Deron Payne and, you know, if they re-sign Tim Settle. That's another guy. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. And if, if we lo- start losing pieces in the middle of that defensive line, look for us to go after a guy like Larry Ogunjobi. Rasheem Green. Rasheem Green is an interesting guy because he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of too big to play defensive end and too small to play inside. So uh, I'll be interested to see where this guy goes. Kind of fits more as a 3-4 defensive end than a 4-3 defensive tackle, but still could be a guy. I mean, he's playing in a 4-3 right now in Seattle, so could be a guy that we could go after. B.J. Hill, who was a successful run stuffer there for Cincinnati, uh, he was he was the uh, individual who caught that that interception off of Pat Mahomes, who he tipped it to himself and picked it off. That was that was B.J. Hill, but he's more so known as a run stuffer. And so, like I was talking about earlier, if we start losing pieces, look for us to go to B.J. Hill. And the last one I'm going to talk about is Derek Naughty. He's been in Kansas City. Kind of, you know, Kansas City's defensive line is kind of a, a cluster of guys, and I'm not really sure. Like, He's a guy who kind of got lost in the shuffle there among all the guys they have there in their defensive line. You know, Chris Jones, he's quite the guy. And so for a while, it was just him and Chris Jones, and then they started bringing in other guys, and he kind of got lost in the rotation there. Definitely more of a run stuffer. Uh, but like I said, if if we start dropping, look for one of these guys. The first guy in the draft I want to talk about is my Jay Sanders. He played for that Cincinnati Bearcat team that went to the playoff, and then they lost to Alabama. But my say, my Jay Sanders is a guy who Washington could go after but probably not likely um, just because if you're going to if you want my Jay Sanders you're probably going to have to get him in round 2 he's pretty good and this is a really good edge class i will say as well but for my Jay you're probably going to have to go round 2 and i don't see washington uh going d line in round 2 uh, Fedarian Mathis, Alabama. Uh, once again, a big run stuffer. Just a big, you know, body eater. Uh, kind of like my Jay Sanders, you know. I don't really foresee Washington drafting him because if you want Fedarian Mathis, you're going to have to go round two or round three. Next guy up is Devontae White, and Devontae White is very much so in that same category with Fedarian Mathis as a 
you know, a big body eater. He was on that national championship Georgia defensive line. I would probably take Devontae White over Fedarian Mathis. Um, and he, uh, you know, man, Wyatt could go end round one into the second round. Like, he's an early guy too. So, like I've said to this point, I don't really foresee Washington getting one of these guys, but it could happen. Next one is Cam Thompson. Thomas. San Diego State. Cam Thomas, is a he's a bigger defensive end. About 6'6", about 245. He's a bigger guy, and he's long. He's a guy that, you know, if you're wanting defensive in-depth, you could take him. He's kind of a round three, round four type of guy. Then you got Nick Benito. Nick Benito was given a lot of hype coming into the season, thought as probably a first-round pick, five-star prospect, uh, you know, the type of guy who – you could you could put out there and just he's got great bend to him, but he had a bad year and so his draft stock has kind of suffered because of it. So, with that being said, you know Nick Benito is a guy that Washington could take later in the draft because he probably is going to slide because of his poor year, unless he has a crazy combine. So of that list, if you told me Washington drafted one of those guys. I would tell you, oh, it was probably Nick Benito. He's a high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. And that brings us to the O-line depth. Washington saw that O-line tested. And here are some guys. And we might lose Brandon Sheriff. So here are some guys we could see filling that role in the offseason. Austin Corbett, guard Rams. You know, he's a... He's been solid for for the LA Rams and and it's gonna go uh, it's gonna go even better, you know, if he can help us out and if he can possibly replace Brandon Sheriff. Next guy on the list is Will Hernandez. He was a former second round pick out of UTEP. Um, you know, I was really high. He's a he was a great run blocker coming out. Um. He's a guy that I wouldn't be mad if we were able to sign for the cheap, but he has really struggled in pass protection, so I'm I'm not sure he's the type of type of guy I would really want like to pay big money for. Next is James Daniels, who was a former first round pick, was drafted by the Chicago Bears out of Iowa. We know all too well about Iowa offensive linemen. So Take that as it may. He kind of has an injury problem, too. Jermaine Effetti. Jermaine Effetti has been in the league a while, most recently with the Chicago Bears. Once again, uh, you know, he played on Seattle for a while. If we could get him for the right price, I wouldn't mind it. Jason Spriggs is really kind of a... I put Jason Spriggs in here in case we lose Cornelius Lucas. He's kind of that swing tackle position. And then now let's turn our attention to the draft. First prospect I want to talk about is Josh Sills. Josh Sills is a big, strong, uh, corn-fed offensive lineman. He played tackling guard at Oklahoma State. He's just one of those big, reminds me, and it, it sucks to say this, but reminds me of Wes Martin. 
you know, just a big, strong kid, like great run blocker. You hope he can develop the pass blocking skills. But kind of like the D-line depth, he's the type of guy I think Washington goes after. Uh, Jamari, man, I I can't pronounce this guy's name for the life of me. Jamari Solaire. Jamari is part of that Georgia National Championship League uh, team. Uh, You know, he had some flashes, but he struggled a little bit. And he, uh, his draft stock is kind of seeing it, you know, happen because of it. And Jamari, I think, goes between round, you know, three and four because of it. And he could be on Washington's radar, you know. It, it all depends on what they do and how they use their picks this offseason. Marquise Haynes. Man, Marquise Haynes is a guy I like a lot. This is one of those big, powerful guys. I mean, University of Oklahoma, power run game, like, he has potential to be really good. He could be one of those guys who is underrated. At the guy that he reminds me of, and it's not a direct comp, but like I would like to see this. Like If Washington is able to draft Marquise Haynes, I would uh, equate it to the Chiefs drafting Trey Smith last year. Like Has some medical problems, but you're hoping it's nothing and ends up being nothing, and he turns out to be a great guard for you. The next guy is Thayer Munford, Ohio State. And, you know, he really struggled at some times. Like, he really struggled against Aiden Hutchinson this year and uh, David Ajabo. But, I mean, if you don't have to pay a lot of draft capital for him, you know, he can really bring you some upside. Uh, and the last offensive lineman we've got is Grant Gibson from South Carolina State. Just He reminds me of the offensive version of Javon Hargrave. Just, I mean, every time you see the tape on him, you just see this power-blocking guard who is ready to just run people over. Plays with just this nasty tenacity. And he's he's one of those guys that Washington could go after. All these guys could be potential targets. Um, Josh Sills is more likely, and Grant Gibson is another one that's pretty likely. I would really like to see him get Haynes, but Haynes is going to be like a third or fourth round guy. So it just depends on, on where they decide the priority is. The next position is slot corner. This is interesting, and... I definitely think it's a position of need. First guy we're going to talk about is Bryce Callahan. And Bryce Callahan has been a very good NFL slot corner for like the last five years. Like every every year it seems like we're talking about Bryce Callahan as the top slot corner in the NFL. And here we are again. He was very good for Denver. A big reason why their secondary was as good as it was. And I'm hoping that... Washington can see that and potentially bring him in. Steven Nelson, a former Kansas City Chief, former Pittsburgh Steeler, former Philadelphia Eagle. He's played on some good teams. He's an excellent slot corner. 
Um, but for whatever reason, he's just not sticking around the places that he's going. So I'm not sure if there's something going on there. But a guy to keep your eye out for is Steven Nelson. Another one is Mike Hughes. Kansas City is really going to have to use their money right. They've got a lot of big-name free agents this offseason. You know, namely Honey Badger. There's talk that they could move on from Frank Clark. Like, there's a lot going on in Kansas City this offseason, so I don't think their attention is going to be on Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes has played some excellent football. But really, Rashad Fenton has been their best slot corner. And so that's another reason I don't really foresee them keeping Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes is a former first-round pick that was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Didn't turn out. Went to UCF. Uh, got cut. Kansas City picked him up. He was a pretty good signing. Eli Apple is another one. And if you ask Giants fans about Eli Apple, they'll tell you he's trash. If you ask Saints fans, they will tell you he's trash. But if you ask a Bengals fan about Eli Apple, they'll say, oh, he's solid, he's solid. I think uh, I think we've started to see the chinks in his armor. Uh, Eli Apple kind of struggled in that AFC Championship game. You know, kind of got taken advantage of by Tyreek Hill there towards the end. But guy to watch out for. He could come to Washington and be a be a good slot corner. We don't know. And another one too, and, and it makes it's what makes Denver's defense so good, is their other slot guy. When the, it allows them to play dime a lot, rush four, have one linebacker, and just play coverage. And Michael Ford is a big reason that they're able to do that. And if we're unable to, if we strike out and we're trying to get Bryce Callahan, can't get Bryce Callahan, I'm running to Michael Ford. Definitely. As far as draft guys go. Um, I mean, Trent McDuffie is one. Like, if Washington ends up not trading away their pick, this is the only this is the only way I see Washington getting Trent McDuffie. They don't trade away their pick for a quarterback. They don't like the quarterbacks that are there for them at eleven. And Kyle Hamilton is off the board. If all of those circumstances connect then I'm okay drafting Trent McDuffie at 11. If we decide Trent McDuffie over any of those situations, livid. Like, we'll talk about some quarterbacks here in a minute, and I'll, I'll bring Trent McDuffie back up when I do that because that's, that's one of those guys I'm talking about, like, would make me mad if some of these quarterbacks were there and we drafted him over the quarterbacks. Another one is Josh Job. Um, Josh Job uh, is a guy who has played for Nick Saban for a few years now, kind of been good at times and struggled at other times. Uh, he got hurt this year, and that kind of has hurt his draft stock a little bit as well. So he's definitely like more in Washington's wheelhouse, like round three through five. So if they, you know, if they want to go quarterback early and then they want to get like a receiver or something in round two and come back and then go to slot corner, like that would be solid. He's got good size. He's six foot one. 
He's got wheels. Um, I really like him a lot. The next guy on my list is a late round guy um, from Oregon. His name is Michael Wright. And, you know, he played in that same defense that, uh, that Javon Holland played in and was successful in. And he's a guy I like a lot, you know, not early or, or even mid. You know, he's definitely a later guy, like around five to seven guy. But I wouldn't mind bringing him in. I, I kind of liked what I saw on his tape. You know, he had he definitely had some bright spots. Jack Jones is another one uh, out of Arizona State. He's a size guy. He actually can play safety too. You know, we're gonna next position we talk about it is free safety. So he could even you know kind of fill that role too. So I'm interested to see uh, if Jack Jones has a successful career. He's kind of undersized for free safety, which is why I've got him at slot corner. And who can forget Ohio State Seven Banks? What a name. I mean, this draft has to be the, the draft of names because there are so many guys in this draft that have the craziest names, you know. We've got probably the number one corner out there. His name is Sauce Gardner, even though it's a mod. He, he goes by Sauce. We got Smoke Monday, you know, playing in the back end of the secondary, covering guys and playing in the box. And now we got Seven Banks. Another guy, uh, he's a late-round guy who, uh, you know, undersized. It's kind of why he fits into that slot corner role. Um, and you hope he can develop into a shutdown corner. Uh, that's going to do it here for slot corner. Now, I think I think if Washington has anything to say about this, the guys from – if these are the 10 you tell me, okay, Washington can get all 10 of these guys, blah, blah, blah. What's the most likely? I think the most likely is either Mike Hughes or Steven Nelson. If you said, hey, they get a draft guy, well, then I'm probably going to assume it's a Michael Wright or a Jack Jones. That's just my opinion. Brings us to our next position group. It is the free safeties. And it is a position that probably could have won Washington some games this year had they not blown so many coverages on the back end. Uh, they were still getting integrated uh, between Jack Del Rio and Bobby McCain. And Bobby McCain has kind of become a harder guy to like. Um, now, he played well at the end of the season, but, man, there during the beginning and middle of the season, he was blowing, like, a coverage every week. And it was just so frustrating to watch. And all I could do is scream at my TV and say, hey, get this guy out of here, bro. What is he still doing out there? Like, give me DeShazer Everett. Give me... Put Cam Curl back there. Like, come on. But these are guys that, that could probably fill that spot. Uh, Marcus May is one. He kind of had a down year. Uh, was banged up all year. But from the University of Florida, was a second-round pick. He's a guy that I like a lot, have liked a lot. Um, I think they played him out of position when Jamal Adams was there. 
Jamal Adams left. He had a really good season, and then he got hurt. Uh, so I, but he's going to probably command some pretty big money too. Speaking of commanding big money, Marcus Williams, far and away probably one of the better free safeties in the NFL. Former second-round pick out of Utah. Played some really good football last year. He's played really good the last three years. And I don't see, even if the New Orleans Saints are able to throw up a bunch of money and make their money work to dig them out of their hole, I don't find it possible that they will dig themselves out of a $75 million hole and be able to come up with another $20 million to pay Marcus Williams. The next guy I'm going to talk about is Quandre Diggs. Quandre is a do-it-all safety. He'll play in the box. He reminds me of him and Cam Curl are a lot alike. Like they play all around the place. They can play. They can play up top, over the top, uh, middle of the field, free safety. He can play robber coverages. He can man up a tight end. Can blitz off the edge. Like he's a do-it-all safety. Xavier Woods um, from Minnesota. He's kind of a just a cheaper option. Uh, you know, I really don't want us to go after Xavier Woods. Kind of a guy who, you know, last resort, like you let Bobby McCain walk and you need somebody back there. And this is like if you're not able to get anybody early in free agency and, you know, you miss out on the guy you wanted in the draft, then you go back here like, hey, we need a startable free safety, and you go out and you get Xavier Woods. The last guy I want to talk about is probably going to command the most money, and it's Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates, I mean, every time I turn on a Bengals game, he's making a pick. It seems like it's a weekly occurrence now, every time, and I expect him to pick off Matt Stafford because he is that level free safety. Like, him and Justin Simmons, I think, are 1A, 1B when it comes to free safety in the NFL. Um, Now, if you turn your attention to the draft, that's another story. See, I think for Washington, if we end up, if you told me that we ended up with one of these five, I would say probably Marcus Williams. I think Cincinnati's going to do everything they can in their power to bring back Jesse Bates. Kind of strange that he hasn't been re-signed to this point, but I think they're going to end up bringing him back one way or another. If you go to the draft, the first guy you're going to talk about, everybody's going to talk about, is Kyle Hamilton. This man is huge. He's He's six foot four, 225 pounds. They're telling us, and I've, I mean, his tape backs it up. I've looked it up. Like, Kyle Hamilton is the best safety prospect that we have had since Derwin James. And I think, I think that he could go very early. Now, there's a lot that could happen draft-wise. I've seen him drafted as early as two or three. So there's a chance that he's not even available. However, if he is, we should definitely hop on that. I mean, this guy, 
this guy has the size to cover tight ends. He he has the athleticism to cover backs. He can play middle of the field free safety like we talked about. Like he's a bigger, stronger, faster Justin Simmons, if that's even a thing. That's part of what makes Justin Simmons so good is he's like 6'2", 6'3". Well, Kyle Hamilton is just as fast, just as athletic, and he's 6'4". So think about that for a minute. The next guy I want to talk about is Jaquan Brisker, Penn State. He's uh, he's kind of a hybrid, plays free and strong. Um, Jaquan Brisker is a good all-around football player. Uh, not so much a ball hawk, but he's the kind of guy that you uh, that you would take at the top of the second round. Like if you have the first pick of the second round, and you know you didn't quite want to spend a number one pick on him, but you still wanted to make sure that you got him. That's the kind of guy Jaquan Brisker is. Uh, the next one is a very similar guy, except instead of being a free safety, strong safety hybrid. He is a corner safety hybrid. I like this guy a lot, and this is the guy that I want Washington taken in every draft. His name is Daxton Hill, and he's a stud. Um, now, he does... Tackling is a question for him because he kind of has that... He has that uh, corner size, you know. I think he's 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. So definitely not like a box safety, but he can definitely play over the top. Lewisine, Georgia. Uh, you saw Lewisine in, in the national championship game. He was out there laying lumber. He's another one of these free safety, strong safety hybrids. Uh, and he's another guy that you're probably going to have to take pretty early. You'll notice that these these draft guys I have, they're all like, round three or before. If I was drafting for Washington, say they swing and miss on a quarterback for the trade. I'm drafting Malik Willis or Sam Howell at 11. And then I'm turning around and I'm drafting Brisker, Hill, or Scene, depending on who's there. And the last one is another guy who I really, really like at the safety position, and it's Jalen Petrie. And he's a stud, and he had a really good senior bowl week, and I'm not really sure how he makes it to round two, to be honest. Which brings us to our next position. It is middle linebacker. You know, and I find it very ironic that we've struggled to find a middle linebacker. Being as our head coach was a successful NFL linebacker for the greatest defense of all time in the 85 Bears. And our other coach, our defensive coordinator, was a very successful middle linebacker for the Raiders. I mean, he's been a head coach, so I'm just confused as to why we're having so much trouble finding a middle linebacker. But they have come out and said they want a veteran. So with that being said, I'm going to list, you know, both pros and, and rookies again. But I'm just going to tell you, you should probably not even pay attention on the right side because they've come out and said they want a veteran. 
which was also a big reason I believe that they were going to uh, re-sign uh, uh, John Bates. Man, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, John Bates. So here we go. We got Dante Hightower. This is this is on the high end now, and you know you hear the name and you know it. He's a little bit on the older side, but man, if you need a veteran middle linebacker. Dante Hightower is your guy. Next on the list is AJ Johnson. He's been pretty good for Denver. Uh, you know, if you're not wanting to spend as much money, AJ Johnson is kind of the way to go. Anthony Walker is kind of a he's a, more of a coverage guy, kind of a and see, I really don't like that that he got clumped into this because he's not really a middle linebacker. He's kind of more of an outside linebacker. He played middle linebacker in Cleveland and in Indianapolis, but he, he's undersized for a middle linebacker, so I'll say that. There's Quan Alexander, who kind of fits into that same mold as Anthony Walker, so I really don't see him going to Washington either. Then you got Christian Kirksey, who got cut from Green Bay, was successful with Cleveland, and now has been in Houston, had a pretty good year in Houston, that team as a whole was pretty good. And so with this being said, I think that Washington is going to swing for Dante Hightower. If they can't get Dante Hightower, they'll swing again and try to get A.J. Johnson. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, you know, like, like I kind of discussed with the free safety, or when I was talking slot corners, I mean, with Trent McDuffie, it's like, you know, if all these things happen, well, one of those other things that would need to happen was they not like any of these guys. So, like I talked about, if we swing and miss on quarterbacks and we don't like quarterbacks available in the draft, and Kyle Hamilton went, you know, two or three, and we're staring at one of these linebackers, man, the Kobe Dean is that dude. Like, if you want a dog, the Kobe Dean is a dog. Uh, kind of reminds me of like Roquan Smith, you know, just the sideline to sideline ability, and when he hits you, you're gonna know he hits you. Devin Lloyd is another one. I personally think 11's a little too high for Devin Lloyd, and he's not gonna be there come round two. Next is Chad Muma. Um, he went to Wyoming, kind of a smaller school guy. Uh, not really. You know, got a lot of spotlight on him, but he he could come into the perfect situation. Uh, there's a guy who went to Wyoming last year who has been really good this year. Logan Wilson uh, plays for Cincinnati. has played really well. He had that game-sealing interception a couple, uh, couple weeks ago. Not, not the Kansas City game, but uh, Cincinnati's game before that. Uh, Brian Osimo from from Oklahoma, kind of like a late round flyer guy. If they end up, you know, doing a late round middle linebacker, just because he's a guy, and another guy who they would have to take early, maybe not first round, but if they decided to go second round linebacker, this would be a guy they would go after, Darian Beavers. He he had a great great Senior Bowl, and the stock is up on him. 
And that's going to bring us to our number one position. You might be asking yourself, wait, wait, Burgundy Boss, we've got three boxes, not two. You'd be correct. The left box, you will see here. The left box is going to be reserved for free agents that we can go after. And then if you go to your far right, these are going to be draft picks. The middle box are trade candidates. Because I don't know if you've done any looking, but the free agent market for quarterbacks this offseason is not great. Not great. Let's just run through them real quick. And quarterback, I will probably spend the most time talking about because it is Washington's number one need, and they have to fill this this offseason. And if they don't, I think the fans are going to riot. So, with that being said, let's get right into it. Jameis Winston. Now, this is probably the most franchise QB that you're going to find this offseason. Um, all these guys are kind of bridge quarterbacks. And Washington is not going to get a bridge quarterback because they already have a bridge quarterback in Taylor Heineke. Brings me to my next one, Jacoby Brissett. I know there were some Washington fans that really wanted Jacoby Brissett last year. Uh, not really, you know, thinking that that's an option. I, I don't even think that's on the table for Washington. Next guy is Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves. Um, he played okay for Denver, you know, once again, no pun intended. He's a bridge quarterback. Next on the list is Marcus Mariota. Um, if you want Marcus Mariota, I'm going to need you to leave because I want nothing to do with Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is a more mobile Taylor Heineke. Or you could say the Taylor Heineke is a less mobile Marcus Mariota. However you want to word it. Like, they don't have the strongest arm. Um, you know, like, Taylor's been in this offense for like four years and still struggles with reads, I feel. So, I don't think Marcus Mariota is the answer. And I know this is going to kill some Washington fans, but Mitchell Trubisky would be another bridge quarterback. I know some of you, well, he played for the horrible Bears, and, and he still took them to the playoffs. Yes. He's able to use that athleticism just like Marcus Mariota could. But he, he struggles to make reads. And, you know, now he may have size that some of these draft quarterbacks don't have. But, hey, I really don't know what to tell you because Mitchell Trubisky would be nothing more than a bridge quarterback. Moving on. The first draft quarterback I want to talk about is Kenny Pickett. So let's talk about Kenny Pickett. Oh, Kenny Two Gloves for a minute. I've seen all kinds of comparisons, and you guys know, Kenny Pickett very well could be off the board when Washington goes to Pickett 11. I'm fine. I, I want no parts of Kenny Pickett. I've heard all the way from he's Derek Carr, 
to he's a more athletic Kirk Cousins, all these other things. Um, so we're going to play a little game with these draft quarterbacks, right? These draft quarterbacks, I'm going to tell you a floor comp and a ceiling comp, meaning best-case scenario, worst-case scenario. So with Kenny Pickett, best-case scenario, I would say Derek Carr. Worst-case scenario, I would say Mitchell Trubisky. And if some of you think, oh, Mitchell Trubisky's a franchise quarterback, he is not. He has proven that. He was a one-year wonder. Tell me why it took Kenny Pickett five years to show us that he could put up capable quarterback numbers. Like, it's like Washington fans are like, well, Taylor's good because he knows the offense. No, Taylor's average and knows the offense. You have other quarterbacks that come into this system, don't know the offense, and are able to match him because they have talent. They have arm strength. They have athleticism that Taylor does not have. So keep that in mind. Second quarterback is Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Matt Corral is a wiry guy. He's about 6'2". He's about 200 pounds. And we all know from experience that 200-pound quarterbacks don't exactly last in the NFL. So, if you ask me, on the low end for Matt Corral, hmm, he's kind of a tough guy, you know? He's, And it's another one of those, did the offense make him or did he make the offense? He plays in that Lane Kiffin air raid offense. Um... Boy, so if you ask me, floor for Matt Corral, which is honestly what I think he will be closer to being, is a Marcus Mariota. Now, he's not that athletic. I will say that. He's nowhere near the athlete that Marcus Mariota is. But just wiry, struggles to stay healthy, Throws an excellent deep ball, but can't complete a five-yard flat route. Can't read a defense. Can only play in a one-read scheme. That's Matt Corral for me. I'm not a fan. Sam Howell. Sam Howell, on the other hand, I'm a big fan. Um, My personal opinion is... Sam Howell is now, you know, we we all like to throw out, well, he's this guy, but you know, like we do with Kenny Pickett and saying he's a more athletic Kirk Cousins. Well, since we're gonna do that, I'm gonna continue the trend. Sam Howell is a more athletic, stronger armed Baker Mayfield. Can make all the throws. Now, I will say that he does hold on to the ball a little bit. But he has a much bigger rushing upside than Baker Mayfield does. 
Um, so that's that's really kind of the comp for him is Baker Mayfield. I mean, his floor is like Chase Daniel. Malik Willis, and I know this is the one everybody came for, right? This is the one. Okay. Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis' floor is Jalen Hurts. And a lot of people are like, whoa, that's pretty scary. I don't know about that. Malik Willis' ceiling Michael Vick. Everybody like, whoa, that's crazy. That's that's too much. That's whoa. If you look at the way he plays, and you look at how Vick played coming out, they're identical. They're identical size. They're identical athleticisms, and they both have cannons for arms. And so that's what I leave you with. And last. But not least, Desmond Ritter. Please excuse my typo. He did not go to Ohio State. Uh, Desmond Ritter went to Cincinnati. Not really sure how that got messed up. But Desmond River, Ritter has the most pro size of any of the guys in this draft. Desmond Ritter is 6'3", 6'4", about 220 pounds. Now, he has um, this athleticism that you wouldn't expect from him. It's not to the level of Malik Willis, but he definitely has an escapability. Um, my ceiling for Desmond Ritter... And and he's definitely a tricky guy, right? He he's definitely not like a, a Josh Allen or you know anybody like that. But when you think of these elite quarterbacks in the NFL, they're smart. They have a, a at least a little bit of escapability, and they're able to make throws from any platform. And those are things that I see from Desmond Ritter. Um, however, he does struggle with accuracy at times. So my floor for Desmond Ritter is Ryan Tannehill. You know, Tannehill is a former quarterback or a former receiver in college, turned quarterback in the NFL. Um, really didn't see any success in Miami. Then he's moved to... Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee kind of transforms their team to his strengths and builds a team in much the style of like a rushing team. And, you know, one of the first things they did was they went out and got Derrick Henry. Uh, now, hold on to your britches here, folks. My ceiling for Desmond Ritter uh, is a little crazy. But it's what I see with him. And my ceiling for Desmond Ritter is Dante Culpepper. He has that kind of arm. He has that, you know, 
sneaky athleticism. Dante Culpepper, probably a little stronger arm than Ritter has, but I definitely think that he has that type of a ceiling. Now, that takes us to the middle, right? So let's discuss these quarterbacks that could be available for trade. I will talk about you know what it will cost to get these guys. And then at the end, I'll kind of go through and say, well, you know, now that we've talked about the tradable guys and, you know, what it would take to get them and what you know about these quarterbacks and what it would take to get them, who's the best fit? These are my rankings. So the first quarterback we're going to talk about is Aaron freaking Rodgers. A-V-P. He is the reigning defending MVP. Probably going to win the MVP this year as well. He is the AVP. Now, Aaron Rodgers, if he ends up getting traded, I think it's going to be at least two first, two seconds, and a defensive player. So you're talking Deron Payne, uh, Cole Holcomb, William Jackson, one of those guys. Throw Throw one of them guys in there. That's what it's going to take. And then you're probably going to have to fork up some more to go get Devontae Adams. So, I don't know. If that's what you want to do, you can do it. But that's Aaron Rodgers. Next on the list is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is probably the top of my list. Um... But, you know, he's going to take a lot to get. He's probably going to take three first-round picks and a defensive player and probably a couple of second- or third-round picks as well. He's going to take a lot to get. And the thought right now is that he's not even available. Most of the people that I've heard from, uh, they say, no, they're not really looking. Seattle's not really looking to trade him right now, blah, blah. Okay. But he's probably number one if uh, if they're willing to trade. Next on the list is Deshaun Watson. Boy, oh boy, Deshaun. Deshaun would be number one if, if the legal stuff was cleared up. But it's not. Like This is the type of guy you could trade for this kid, and he never play for you. Like I don't understand how a team could be willing to trade away multiple first-round picks for a guy that you're not sure will ever play for you. Next is Carson Wentz. I really don't want any part of this. Like Carson Wentz is probably right above the free agent quarterbacks because it's probably not going to take a bunch to get him. I'm thinking mid to late pick, you know, around four or five, maybe a conditional seventh or something. But, yeah, he's, like, right above the free agency quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins. Let me tell you, I am not a Kirk Cousins fan. Never was a Kirk Cousins fan. I Ever since he was drafted, I thought he was just here to be the backup. That was his job. And then when he replaced RG3, I was like, man, 
He replaced him, and then we had the contract. I was like, as soon as, like, before we franchised him the first time, I said, let that boy walk. I want no parts of him because he's not good enough to put you over the hump. He's only good enough to keep you at 500 and to keep you in purgatory. And, I mean, you look at what he's getting paid, it's a ransom. Like, good Lord. So I want I want no parts. Derek Carr is a slight step up from Kirk Cousins. Carr, though, they have the Raiders have come out and said that they're not going to trade him this offseason. Not sure how true that is. I suppose we will find out. But you're probably going to have to part with at least a first round pick for Derek Carr. So. That kind of takes him off my board. Ugh. Speaking of off my board, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is a mess right now. There's there's not a lot that there's to like right now about him. He, you know, he reminds me of uh, Alex Smith. When we traded for Alex Smith, we gave up three first-round picks. No, I'm sorry. I said three first-round picks. Uh, two third-round picks. And we gave him Kendall Fuller, and they gave Kansas City gave us uh, Alex. So that's that's kind of the ballpark I see him in. You know, um, I saw reports earlier today that they were saying that he could command a, a first. No, please don't. Please don't do that. Any team that gives up uh any team that gives up a first round pick for Jimmy G is is asking for trouble. And last on my list, we talked about his rookie counterpart. Uh but the last man is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield uh is entering the fifth year of his rookie deal, which will be up. Uh you know, here shortly after next year. Um, kind of surprised they haven't re-signed him already. Same kind of deal with Lamar Jackson. Uh, a lot of these young quarterbacks have to be, decisions need to be made on them. Baker is Baker. I think he does a little too much of the commercial thing, but. So if you ask me who my number one choice would be, it's probably Russell. And then after Russell, it's probably Malik Willis, Sam Howell. And then you start getting in the Rodgers. You're like, Rodgers. And Watson. And then probably Ritter. And then probably Corral. And then probably Pickett. And then, like, Cousins and and Baker. And then Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, free agent quarterbacks. Boy, 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 this has been fun. I don't even know how long we've been doing this for, but this has been fun, guys. Uh, you know, I plan on doing videos about once a week from here on out. 
during the off season. I will pop on here if I need to. Um, if something crazy happens, I'll pop on here. You know, the moment that Washington trades for uh, Russell Wilson, 